Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick, on Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. On today's episode, we are reading um, chapter one of, I'm not sure if this is a book or just uh, something that Neville Goddard wrote, but it's called um, At Your Command. So this is what, we're going to start off with chapter one. It's a short book. It's only about six chapters. Um, And I know we're in the middle of reading the Game of Life, um, chapter five will drop Wednesday or Thursday of this week, but um, you guys know I'm on this law of assumption, so I'm trying to find as much about it as I can. So chapter one, can man decree a thing and have it come to pass? Most decidedly, he can. Man has always decreed that which has appeared in his world and is today decreeing that is that which is appearing in his world and shall continue to do so as long as man is conscious of being man. Not one thing has ever appeared in man's world, but that what man decreed that it should. This you may deny, but try as you will, you cannot disprove it. For this decreeing is based upon a changeless principle. You do not command things to appear by your words or loud affirmations. Such vain repetition is more often than not confirmation of the opposite. Decreeing is ever done in consciousness. That is, every man is conscious of being that which he has decreed himself to be. Now, I do agree with this, which is why I had stopped these loud vain kind of repetition things of loud affirmations. I don't do those. Um, the affirmation or affirmations that I do now are more of um, the purpose of them is to reprogram my mind into believing that I can do whatever it is that I want. So it's not this to me it's not the same as what I used to do as you know professing I am a money magnet but instead of saying that I say I can absolutely have anything that I want in life and a lot of times I am repeating this in my mind not necessarily out loud so that I am reprogramming whatever program has already been set to repeat in my mind the dumb man with <laughs> the dumb man without using words is conscious of being dumb therefore he is decreeing himself to be dumb when the bible is read in this light you will find it to be the greatest scientific book ever ever written instead of looking upon the bible as the historical record of an ancient civilization or the biography of the unusual life of jesus see it as a great psychological drama taking place in the consciousness of man. Claim it as your own and you will suddenly transform your world 
your world from the barren deserts of Egypt to the promised land of Canaan. Everyone will agree with the statement that all things were made by God, and without him there is nothing made that is made. But what man does not agree upon is the identity of God. All the churches and priesthoods of the world disagree as the identity and true nature of God. The Bible proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Moses and the prophets were in 100% accord as to the identity and nature of God. And Jesus' life and teachings are in agreement with the findings of the prophets of old. Moses discovered God to be a man, to be man's awareness of being when he declared these little understood words, I am hath sent you, sent me unto you. David sang in his Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Isaiah declared, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The awareness of being as God is stated hundreds of times in the New Testament, to name but a few. I am the shepherd. I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And again, whom do you say that I am? It is not stated, I, Jesus, am the door. I, Jesus, am the way. Nor is it said, whom do you say that I, Jesus, am? It is clearly stated, I am the way. The awareness of being is the door through which the manifestations of life pass into the world of form. Consciousness is the resurrecting power resurrecting that which man is conscious of being man is ever out picturing that which he is conscious of being this is the truth that makes man free for man is always self-imprisoned or self-freed that's very true if you the reader would give up all of your former beliefs and the god apart from yourself and claim god as your awareness of being As Jesus and the prophets did, you will transform your world with the realization that I and my Father are one. This statement, I and my Father are one, but my Father is greater than I, seems very confusing. But if interpreted in the light of what we have just said concerning the identity of God, you will find it very revealing. Consciousness, being God, is as Father. The thing that you are conscious of being is the son bearing witness of his father. It is like the conceiver and its conceptions. The conceiver is ever greater than his conceptions, yet ever remains one with his conception. For instance, before you are conscious of being man, you are first conscious of being. Then you become conscious of being man. Yet you remain as conceiver greater than your conception, man. Jesus discovered this glorious truth and declared himself to be one with God, not a God that man had fashioned, for he never recognized such a God. He said, if any man should ever come saying, look here or look there, believe them not, for the kingdom of God is within you. Heaven is within you, therefore when it is recorded that he went unto his father, it is telling you that he rose in consciousness 
<clears throat> to the point where he was just conscious of being, thus transcending the limitations of his present conception of himself called Jesus. So now, as a Christian, I believe that Jesus definitely not only was a man, but he transit, transcended to heaven. I believe this. I don't, <clears throat> this is basically saying that heaven is within you and there's not a separate place to where it is. So he's actually saying that God or the kingdom of heaven is within you, which I, I agree. I believe that. But I also believe that they, it's a kind of a coexistent nature. It exists within you, but there's also a place where it abides. So this is where my belief differs from Neville's belief. Neville believes that all of it is in inside of us. And I don't, from from my interpretation of what he's saying, it doesn't sound like he believes that there is an actual entity that is God. But he's making it seem as the subconscious is God. That, of course, I don't believe as well. <clears throat> okay, so we can go into chapter two. In the awareness of being, all things are possible. He said, you shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. This is his decreeing, rising in consciousness to the naturalness of being, the thing desired, as he expressed it. And I, if I be lifted up, I shall draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up in consciousness to the naturalness of the thing desired, I will draw the manifestation of that desire unto me. For he states, no man comes unto me, save the father within me draws him. And I and my father are one. Therefore, consciousness is the father that is drawing the manifestations of life unto you. You are at this very moment drawing into your world that which you are now conscious of being. Now you can see what it is meant by you must be born again. If you are dissatisfied with your present expression and life, the only way to change it is to take your attention away from that which seems so real to you and rise in consciousness to that which you desire to be. You cannot serve two masters. Therefore, to take your attention from one state of consciousness and place it upon another is to die to one and live to the other. I mean, I guess that's his interpretation. That's not really the interpretation that I get from that. <clears throat> because like I said, I I believe in the more literal aspect of God in Jesus. I don't believe that it's um really kind of um just like a hypothesis of what I'm getting from him kind of you know, just something in my mind that the Bible created and renamed conscious and subconscious as in God and Jesus. I don't believe that. The question, whom do you say that I am, is not addressed to a man called Peter, but one called Jesus. This is the eternal question addressed to oneself by one's true being. In other words, whom do you say that you are? For your conviction of yourself, your opinion of yourself will determine your expression in life. He states, you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, it is the me within you that is this God. 
Praying then is seen to be recognizing yourself to be that which you now desire, rather than its accepting form of petitioning a God that does not exist for that which you now desire. So <clears throat> now I I agree with that about prayer. Like I've stated before, what what most Christians do and call prayer is not what prayer should be. We should not be begging God for anything. So when you come to God, you must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That is what the Bible tells us. So coming to him, begging is not you believing that he is. It is you not, it is you disbelieving that he is the I am. When you come to him begging and pleading and requesting the same thing over and over and over and over again, you are not believing that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You are not. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let's see, where did I leave off? So can't you see why the millions of prayers are unanswered? Men pray to a God that does not exist. For instance, to be conscious of being poor and to pray to a God for riches is to be rewarded with that which you're conscious of being. So, okay, I see what he's saying. He's not necessarily saying praying, saying that you, you're praying to a God that does not exist, even though that's what his word is saying. What he's saying is you are praying contrary to what you believe. You're asking the Lord to bless you with money when you are not coming to God believing that he is and that he re- will reward you when you diligently seek him. So I'm going to read that again. To be conscious of being poor and to pray to a God for riches is to be re- rewarded with that which you are conscious of being, which is poverty. So you are coming to God believing that you are poor and in poverty and not believing he is who he said he is which is why your prayers go unanswered and it's not even that your prayers go unanswered because the bible tells us that he has given us the power to get wealth all of these things that we are praying for we have the power inside of us to get it we have that so when you come in prayer it is not to it you are your requests i guess are not i don't want to say being answered but they're not being fulfilled because you are asking amiss your answer has already been given to you it is yes you just have to figure out how to get from ask to receiving and that is where the law of assumption and all of this stuff comes in from as to receiving because the 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 answer has already been given to you it is yes the blessings of god in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of god by us that's what the bible says so the answer is already yes so when you come to god you have to believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him And when you come asking for riches, when he's already given you the power to get wealth, it's not that his answer is no, because his answer was already yes. You 
have neglected to figure out how to get from asking to receiving. That is what I believe. Okay, prayers to be successful must be claiming rather than begging. See? Literally what I just said. So if you would pray for riches, turn from your picture of poverty by denying the very evidence of your senses and assume the the nature of being wealthy. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. We are told when you pray, go within secret and shut the door. And that which your father sees in secret, with that will he reward you openly. We have identified the Father to be the awareness of being. We have also identified the door to be the awareness of being. So shutting the door is shutting out that which I am now aware of being and claiming myself to be that which I desire to be. The very moment my claim is established to the point of conviction, that moment I begin to draw unto myself the evidence of my claim. Do not question the how of these things appearing, for no man knows that way. That is, no manifestation knows how the feelings, how the things desired will appear. Consciousness is the way or door through which things appear. He said, I am the way, not I, John Smith, am the way, but I am the way. The awareness of being is the way through which the things shall come. The signs always follow. They never proceed. Things have no real reality other than in consciousness. Therefore, get the consciousness first, and the thing is compelled to appear. You are told, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto you. Get first the consciousness of the things that you are seeking, and leave the things alone. That is what is meant by, Ye shall decree a thing, and it shall come to pass. Apply this principle, and you will know that, I'm sorry, apply this principle, and you will know what it is to prove me and see. The story of Mary is the story of every man. Mary was not a woman giving birth in some miraculous way to one called Jesus. Mary is the awareness of being that every man ever remains virgin. Again, I don't agree with this. No matter how many desires it gives birth to. Right now, look upon yourself as this Virgin Mary, being impregnated by yourself through the medium of desire, becoming one with your desire to the point of embodying or giving birth to your desire. So what I'm getting from him is that he doesn't believe anything or most things in the Bible was literal. He believes it's all about being birthed in your consciousness. For instance, it is said of Mary, whom you know who you, whom you now know yourself to be, that she know not a man, yet she conceived. That is, you, John Smith, have no reason to believe that which you now desire is possible. But having discovered your awareness of being to be God, you make this awareness your husband and conceive a man-child manifestation of the Lord. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord God of the whole earth shall he be called." Your ideal or ambition is this conception. The first command to her, which is now to yourself, go, tell no man. That is, do not discuss your ambitions or desires with another, for the other will only echo your present fears. Secrecy is the first law to be observed in realizing your desire. The second, as we are told in the story of Mary, is to magnify the Lord. We have identified the Lord as your awareness of being, 
Therefore, to magnify the Lord is to reevaluate. I'm sorry, is to revalue or expand one's present conception of oneself to the point where this revaluation becomes natural. When this naturalness is attained, you give birth by becoming that which you are one with in consciousness. The story of creation is given us in digest form in the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the word. Now this very second is the beginning spoken of. It is the beginning of an urge, a desire. The word is the desire swimming around in your consciousness, seeking embodiment. The urge of itself has no reality for I am or the awareness of being is the only reality Things live only as long as I am aware of being them. So to realize one's desire, the second line of this first verse of John must be applied. That is, and the word was with God. The word or desire must be fixed or united with consciousness to give it reality. The awareness becomes aware of being the thing desired thereby nailing itself upon the form of conception and giving life unto its conception or resurrecting that which was heretofore a dead or unfulfilled desire two shall agree as touching and anything it shall be established on earth this agreement is never made between two persons it is between the awareness and the thing desired you are now conscious of being so you are actually saying to yourself without using words I am. Now, if it is a state of health that you are desirous of attaining, before you have any evidence of health in your world, you begin to feel yourself to be healthy. And the very second the feeling of I am healthy is attained, the two have agreed. That is, I am and health have agreed to be one. And this agreement ever results in the birth of a child, which is the thing agreed upon. In this case, health. And because I made the agreement, I expressed the thing agreed. So you can see why Moses stated, I am hath sent me. For what being other than I am could send you into expression? None, for I am the way. Beside me, there is no other. If you take the wings of the morning and fly into the uttermost parts of the world, or if you make your bed in hell, you will still be aware of being. You are ever sent into expression by your awareness and your expression is ever that which you are aware of being. That is deep. So while I don't agree with everything um, that Neville says in this, in, this, um, <clears throat> in this passage, I, I've already explained my, my part on that. I do agree with a lot of his points. So um, let me got, let let me know what you guys think so far of this um, book uh, of Neville Goddard's. I think he's, um, you know, it's it's fascinating to read other people's uh, opinions and points, which is why I still read it. I'm not one of those Christians who says no, I don't. You know, we don't believe the same, so I'm not gonna read it. I'm not. I'm not that way, especially since. A lot of the things that he says does point to the Bible. We just agree, disagree on the interpretation of it. Anyway, this was a pretty long reading, so I'm just going to read it chapter by chapter. This was chapters one and two. Um, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to count your blessings. I 
promise you your life will change the moment you add gratitude as a daily practice. I wish you lots of joy, peace, abundance, and much, much prosperity this day. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Lawanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow us on our new YouTube page at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in our description box for a good deal on starting your own dropshipping business with Shopify.